0: Hi there, I'm Colin Green You're listening to Spike Pit But this is not one of my normal episodes I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes Wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue Now, if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then this is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by.
1: Hey Colin, Liren again. You know, you just uh, mentioned that you were playing in a game where you wanted to do some research in between sessions. I'm trying to remember the name of it. That's why I'm kind of hesitating. I think you called it Ash. Um, I assume that's Astonishing Swords and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. I don't know. We'll see if I have picked up any of the lingo. (laughs) Anyway, I was thinking to myself, you know, on the edge of uh, board games, there are little indicators of like how many players, how long it takes, whether it's a family game or not, um, age, suggested age ranges, stuff like that. And I have many, many times thought to myself... It would be nice if there was some kind of generic measure like that for role-playing games. Okay, I'm going to call back and go into more detail. I thought about this a few times before, to be honest, about what kind of terminology you would use. I mean, my goodness, for some of the arguments that have happened over, like, just single terms, I shudder to think how that might go. But (laughs) I, I could see a company taking a stab at it with talking about, like, I don't know, definitely suggested age, but but talking about things like uh, how much work is entailed between sessions and stuff like that. Now, even as I say that, what has stopped me from talking about this much before is that it's really more about GM or DM style, isn't it? Because somebody can play the same game and play it completely differently. So that is what turned me away from talking about like labeling games specifically. And then I thought about what would it be like, uh uh-oh, back again in a minute, if there could be some sort of agreed upon measure or terminology or scale or something. And realize, even as I say this out loud, I realize this is pie in the sky stuff. But I know that it would make things easier. Like, Like, for example, some people, when they hear the term OSR, they think of, uh, like, rules heavy, dice decide everything in the game. It's always going to be fantasy based. I mean, you know, there's some stereotypes about OSR games. And by that, I mean, like, old style, D&D style, you know, games. And instead of people just going, well, that's not my meaning of it and kind of discounting how anybody feels about that. What if people instead tried to come up with some sort of dialogue around that? Now, I realize how unlikely that is. (laughs) I've even thought about trying to come up with some kind of place to start. Like, a long time ago, I was thinking on Audio Dungeon Discord, there was a whole bunch of people um, talking about running games. and, And, you know, this has been, gosh, a while ago now, probably a year ago now. But... But I was really active on there then, and I had joined a couple of games, and I was thinking about what other games I could join. And my time is really limited, so I was like, I'd really love to know some details about them, besides just a paragraph about what, you know, like, what's the scenario or the setting. For example, are they narrative? Is the GM going to rely a lot on dice? Uh, Is the GM going to play rules as written? You know, I don't know. And I don't even know what the right terminology is because I came at it from a different place than through the OSR. But I think of OSR as dice making decisions. But I also know that even those games, there are GMs that play them very narratively. They they don't make people roll for everything. You know, I, how do you measure that? Like, what's the measuring stick for how many things do I have to roll the dice for? <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the great things about uh, role-playing games is that they're so broad and there's such a, you know, wide selection of things to do. It's also one of the difficult things too, isn't it? Because how do you label that? Like, how do you explain to people what the variables are or, or how to measure them or any of that, you know? So I get why no one has done that. I just find myself thinking sometimes that, It would be really nice if when I go, okay, I know on Sunday afternoons, I have some time. There was a place where I could go and look and know, is this going to be dice roll heavy? Or is this going to be rolling for narrative control? Anyway, that was a lot of messages about an episode that's, you know, three episodes ago. So sorry to dump all that on you, but it provoked a lot of thought. So I wanted to share.
0: I think what Liren is talking about here is a perfectly reasonable and sensible thing to wish for and she rightly points out that it is likely to be very difficult to reach some sort of consensus in terminology or the the way you label RPGs. Even something like Dungeons and Dragons, you've got a big company. They've got lots of intelligent folk, marketing departments, etc. And uh, I wonder how easy they find getting their message across. I think the only the actual sort of labelling. On D&D books, it's something like suitable for ages 12 and up on the rules, I think it is. Um, Board gaming, you would think this would be easier and you do see some fairly fairly consistent sorts of labelling, but even in board games where things are really kind of fairly well nailed down you do get you get terminology that that people might not understand things like you, you have different types of games and ca- categories of games a game could be termed as a deck builder worker placement uh, resource management dudes on a map all, all, all these different sort of all this kind of jargon And if you're not up on your board games, even though it's quite descriptive a lot of the time, you could be left scratching your head. So how do you sort of simplify all this? I don't know. And the complication, of course, with an RPG is every every group or every referee or GM is doing something different. So although a game might have some fairly clear intents behind it, you need to be speaking to the, the, the group you're playing with, the person running the game, and if, if you're thinking about a purchase and you're thinking about becoming uh, you know, starting your own group and, and becoming a GM to run a new game. I would say that the best way to get an impression of that game is to speak to people that play it. Look at reviews from reviewers, that's a favourite of mine, and of course, still elements of reviews are, are gonna be totally subjective, and it is a bit of a minefield, and this is why I I shy away from Kickstarters. A little bit, because with the best will in the world, it's difficult to know how that Kickstarter is going to turn out. You've got past reputation and the Kickstarter's record for producing stuff, and you maybe know their style. Like with board games, there's sort. Of, um, I have favourite board game designers, and I kind of like follow their work. I think there is a danger with this type of labelling, though. If you get it wrong in some way, you could end up putting more people off and perhaps potential players miss out on the game as a result. Something about your terminology or the way people are interpreting it throws a spanner in the works. And and I think that, that might be enough for me to shy shy away from kind of generic labelling, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting point, um, and I, I don't think there's a, a clear and good answer uh, or, or a way forward. It'd be nice to think there is, but we we, we struggle to straighten out some of this terminology. I think and. And there is a question of of when is it all a bit too much and when is it maybe not really necessary?
2: Hey there, Colin. It's John here again from the Red Dice Diaries. And I've got to say, man, I don't know about all these increasingly lengthy terms that are being used for various things. I mean... We started off with immersion, now we've got otherworldly immersion. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the old um, Mac 3 razor adverts on TV, where they start off with the Mac 3, then you get the Max 3 Plus, then you get the Max 3 Plus Turbo, then you get the Max 3 Plus Turbo Alpha Centurion whatever, and basically each time they have to bring out a new razor to try and boost sales, they just stick an extra word on the end of it to make it sound a bit more edgy and cool. (laughs) Now, obviously this is a bit tongue-in-cheek, mate, but it strikes me that a lot of the terminology we're using for gaming has become increasingly baroque and less sort of obvious to look at and say, yes, this is what we're referring to. Well, we have to actually go to the lengths of explaining the terminology in almost as much detail as we're explaining the concept that the terminology is supposed to explain or clarify. And to be honest, I'm no expert in terminology and stuff like that, but I wonder if that's a good thing. Wouldn't it be better to have simpler, more obvious terminology that people could look at and just sort of say, oh yeah, I can see what they're trying to say with this, rather than when you want to find out how someone's relating to a particular topic you first have to do a whole bushel load of background reading just to understand the terminology they're using to explain something else honestly I don't know what the solution is but it just struck me whilst i was listening to your 303 episode which i'm very much enjoying and i'm going to get back to now so take care dude and i'll catch you soon
0: thank you for listening to this spike pit drive by episode if you've enjoyed the show consider spreading the word via social media take care catch you later